Hi guys, good morning. Are we all all right? Okay. Well, I hope you've had a good weekend. We've had a good weekend. We've had some friends uh, staying from New Zealand, which has been fun. And uh, we just had a lot of fun with our boys as well. So it's been a good weekend. I think Tom explained at the beginning of the service, didn't he, that we're, we've started this new series thinking about building our community. And uh, this morning, uh, I'm speaking about St. Saviour's being a, a place of healing, a place of healing. And uh, what I want to do is just make some general comments about that this morning, reflecting on that story we've just had read. Now, back in New Zealand, when we lived there, we had some great Irish friends, and the uh, wife gave our oldest boy uh, a book of Irish legends, and it had really cool pictures on the front. I thought, this is brilliant. So I sat down in bed with him one night. I started to read these stories, and I just opened the first one. And I started to read this story, and it got a bit full on. And I don't know if you've had this sort of experience where you think, oh my, oh my gosh, these Irish people are officially mad. Um, <laughs> so I didn't mean that, but they are officially mad. And, um, you know, I'm starting to edit this story, trying to make it a bit more palatable and, and you know, sort of just tone it down a bit. I don't know uh, what you made of that story we've just had read, but there's a, there's a temptation to do the same with that, isn't there? To sort of edit to maybe tone down the story. Maybe you've read it so many times you've forgotten how strange it is. I remember the first time I read this story of this encounter between Jesus and this man by the tombs. I was kind of, wow, that's freaky. And uh, it slightly sort of frightened me, I think. So all I want to do this morning then is make some basic observations about it. And uh, here's the first. First of all, it's clear from that story that Jesus strongly desires to bring healing into the man's life. Jesus strongly desires to bring healing into this man's life. And uh, I'm going to go through the verses a bit, so if you're one of those people who likes to follow, do do that on your Bible or in your phone or however you do that. Uh, And if you're not, then you can just look at my beautiful face. So that's first one. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. And uh, what's interesting, the first line of this story already is a bit wrong. It's just wrong because Jesus shouldn't have gone there is the whole point. Uh, Basically, the region where this encounter takes place wasn't on Jewish land. It wasn't full of Jewish people. And under the cultural norms of the day, Jesus should never have gone there. It's just he shouldn't be there. What is more, the whole encounter, as we've just heard, takes place within a graveyard and a tomb area. And again, within Jewish culture, this place was a contaminated place. You just didn't go there. You didn't just go to the Gerasenes. You, just either, you never went to a tomb or a contaminated place like that. It gets even worse because, as we've heard, lots of pigs feature in this story. And pigs were unclean animals in the day uh, in Jewish eyes. So Jesus basically is doing all sorts, breaking all sorts of cultural norms to get to this man. That's, that's the opening point I'm saying. So he really wants to bring healing to this man's life. 20 years ago, I came to faith. I don't know whether you describe yourself as a Christian or not. I know we have many people here who would say they are. I know we have lots of people here who are sort of on the edge as well, wondering what on earth to make of all this God stuff. And Basically, when I came to faith, a few months 
having been a Christian for a few months, uh, a woman came up to me uh, who was a friend of a friend. She said, look, Mike, do you want to come to the Ukraine? We're doing a mission trip. It'd be great if you could come. It's not a big, it's not a big deal. We'll just go. And uh, I said, yeah, I'd love to go. You know, I thought that sounds exciting. And we ended up near uh, Chernobyl, and I ended up leading this group. So it was kind of one of those where you think, oh, I didn't quite think it was that. <laughs> we, um, we got talking to a pastor, come with me in your imagination to Ukraine now. We're in this rural part of the Ukraine. Babushkas are riding around on carts with horses. And um, we go into the woods, and uh, I say to the pastor, what are we doing? He said, we've got to go and see some people. And we're in these rural woods, and we're going deeper and deeper into the woods. I'm thinking, what on earth is going on here? And there are no entry signs suddenly on the trees. Uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening here? And he said, we've got to go and see these people. And I, I'm starting to feel quite frightened. I'm leading the team, so I didn't want to show. Don't worry, guys, it's all okay. And they're starting to pass around rescue remedy. Have you ever heard of rescue remedy? Uh, it's like this herbal thing that's meant to keep you calm. I'm so, I don't need it. I'll just have a little bit... <laughs> You know, and I'm trying to uh, get as much rescue remedy as I can. And uh, we go further and further into this forest. So, Jesus breaks lots of cultural norms. He goes past lots of no entry signs, just as we did in that Ukraine forest many, many years ago. So it's really, really important as we read this story that we know that Jesus really, really wants to heal this man and he really, really wants to heal you and I. Jesus wants to heal your life. Jesus wants to heal my life and he's already crossed lots of cultural boundaries to get to you. He's already done that. He's taken on human flesh. This is God, remember, he's become a man He's lived this extraordinary life. He's even given up his own life so that he can have a relationship with you and start to heal your life. He's gone past several no-entry signs in order to give you the opportunity of being healed. And I want to suggest this morning, if we're to be a healing community, we need to remember these things. We need to be a place, actually, where people can find healing. That's what a church is. A church is all sorts of things, but it's also a place where people can be healed because we worship Jesus who is the great healer and he wants us, he wants me, he wants you and I, he wanted that man to be healed. Secondly, I'm suggesting this morning, we haven't got very far, have we? Despite his considerable problems, this man's healing starts when he personally encounters Jesus, verses 2 to 5. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. His problems are extensive, verse 3 to 5. This man lived in the tombs. No one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he'd often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart. He broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he'd cry out and cut himself with stones. So he has this sort of impure spirit. We'll come back to that in a minute in verse 2. He's lonely. He feels like an outcast. Well, he is an outcast, verse 3. He's actually physically powerful and dangerous to other people as well as himself. He's quite an intimidating figure, uh, verse 3 to 4. He's also in great distress, isn't he? Night and day amongst the tombs and in the hills, uh, he would cry out. And he's sort of obsessed with death. 
and the tombs. And he's a very, he, he's sort of off the scale in need, if you like. And of course, he self-harms. He cuts himself with stones, verse 5. In other versions of the Gospels, in Luke's version of this story, for example, he also uh, uh, describes this man as being naked. So here you have a broken, the most broken of broken people you could ever imagine, really. People have clearly tried to help him over a prolonged period without success. But actually, as this story makes very, very clear, only Jesus actually makes a difference to him. And uh, this healing, his healing, begins as he uh, encounters Jesus. Verse 7, he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? He knows who Jesus is. In God's name, don't torture me, for Jesus has said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. So Jesus, just even before he's introduced himself to this man, is seeking to deal with this guy's spiritual uh, oppression, isn't he? And uh, eventually he asks him his name in verse 9 and seeks to find out what this guy's story is. What on earth has happened to this guy that he's ended up in this situation of brokenness, of loneliness, of social uh, isolation, of physical disintegration? Everything is going wrong for this guy. And uh, Jesus, you see, wants to heal him and wants to know him and wants to bring restoration to him. So we're back in the Ukraine. We're in this forest. I'm thinking, where on earth are we going? Sasha, the pastor, the Baptist pastor, is thriving, pushing forward through the truth. And eventually he looked at me and said, Mike, we're here. And I just saw this uh, tumbling down building, this wreck of a building that was sort of just falling, up, falling down, really. And uh, we came across uh, a group of men who uh, were just lost, guys. Uh, they clearly had mental health issues and difficult issues. Some were in straight jackets, just lying on the floor. Others were naked. Some were drink drinking water out of dog bowls. And like this man in the story, they were lonely and disturbed and just in great need. So what can we take from this encounter with this man? First things first, if you and I want to be healed by Christ, we have to meet him and we have to encounter him just like this man uh, in the story. And uh, we uh, need to come to him. And uh, I would encourage you, if you're exploring the Christian faith, to actually come to Christ. And we'd love to help you do that. We'd love to explain anything we can. We'd love to answer any of your questions. Uh, but it's important that if you're sitting there thinking, oh yes, I met, I met Jesus in 1982 or 1952. Actually, the gospel makes clear that actually if we're going to keep finding our healing, we need to keep encountering Jesus. He's a living God. And uh, we keep encountering him on the way. And so... A basic question for us this morning is, are we encountering Jesus? Have we done it once? Are, are we still meeting Christ? Because from my own personal experience in the church, I know it's so easy to get into that whole religious thing of services, of reading your Bible, quiet times, Christian groups, blah, 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 blah. But there's no encounter, actually, 
with Christ. So I'm just asking you, are you encountering uh, Christ? I don't know how you feel about this man, but he's actually um, there in this story for a reason. He represents within himself extreme human brokenness. And uh, Jesus wants to heal him. And in your own life, I'm sh- there, are, there are areas of brokenness which Jesus wants to heal. We're all broken, aren't we? We're all broken. I remember one Christmas, I, I, I still do it, age 44. I, I, I sneak downstairs just to feel the presents, see what there might be. And there's this beautifully wrapped present. I go, it, says my, it says my name on it, and uh, I think, great. I lift it up, I shake it, and there's just broken glass inside. I think, oh, God, <laughs> put, put that one down. But we're like that. We're like that Christmas present, aren't we? We're beautifully wrapped. We all look good on the outside, don't we? But you just shake our lives a little bit. There's quite a bit of broken glass in there. And actually, the church down the ages with this story has actually uh, said, you know, you first hear about this man by the tombs, but actually we can all relate to him in some way or other. Uh, Not exactly. I'm not saying we're all living in tombs and doing his sort of thing. But he displays a brokenness that we can often identify with. Uh, We look good, we look Surrey, we look Marks and Spencer, we look Sunday roasts and walks on the downs, don't we? But we have brokenness in our lives. And uh, it might be a bit of loneliness. Have you ever felt distressed? Have you ever felt socially excluded? Have you ever thought, oh my gosh, God, I've got this thing, it's never gonna be healed. No one knows. I can't speak about it. I've had all those things, and I know many of you have too. So this man uh, is interesting within the tradition of the church because he's not just here in this story, but actually, according to the Christian witness over the years, he actually represents us. And uh, we all have really difficult issues to deal with, don't we? Stresses at school, problems at university, there's all sorts of stuff. I don't want to be depressing, but redundancy, marital marital stresses, affairs, exhaustion, stress at work, demanding bosses, we've we've all got it. And uh, our experience of life is uh, an experience that actually breaks us. We carry this brokenness. So I'm suggesting this morning, in your brokenness, in my brokenness, I don't want to get too intense, we need to have encounters with Jesus. We need to do what this man does, which is run up and find him, uh, if you look at verse 6. And um, actually, as a church, we want this church to be a healing community, don't we? One where we can be honest, where, where we can be real, where we can be open about really what's going on in our lives, in our life groups, in our groups, wherever it may be, we meet one another. And actually, this place is a safe place where we can be honest and real and find our healing. So that's the, that's the second thing I really wanted to say. Um, I've forgotten what it was already. Despite his considerable problems, this man's healing starts when he personally encounters Jesus. And that's uh, been many of your experience. It's certainly been my experience Uh, I was very, very broken when I came to Christ. I've seen extraordinary healing as I've encountered him uh, along the way, so to speak. Thirdly, I want to suggest this morning, Jesus' healing of this man is powerful, messy, and effective. Powerful, 
messy and effective. This is verse 9 to 13. The man responds in verse 9 to Jesus' question, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. So here's where we come to this spiritual brokenness, this spiritual uh, oppression that's going on in this man's life that I said we'd return to. He says, uh, I don't have a name, there's many of me. So um, basically... This man is afflicted by a demonic spirit uh, of some kind or other, or multiple spirits. This, of course, sounds really strange. I remember when I came to faith and I first heard this talk of evil and the devil and all this sort of stuff. I thought it was very strange. But as Christians, we affirm the reality of evil in the world, don't we? We, we affirm the reality that there is good and bad. There's light and darkness, and there's, there's evil is a reality, and for us as Christians, we believe uh, evil is personified ultimately in the person of Satan or the devil. And uh, actually, we believe much of human oppression is spiritual. And uh, you see this in this man's uh, life. He seems to be full of these uh, spirits. I think when I first came to faith, this sort of talk of the reality of evil wasn't really de rigueur. People thought it was a bit strange. But what's interesting, I've been reflecting about this, the last 20 years with what's happened around the world with global events, with various things, I think people are far more willing to uh, acknowledge the reality of evil in the world. I was at the Houses of Parliament last week for dinner. I was with a Christian human rights group who actually uh, seek to protect religious freedom, not just of Christians, but other religions around the world. And uh, I met a Muslim man there, and uh, he told me a story. And uh, he said, you know, there's so much evil in Pakistan, in the country uh, he was from. He was a Sufi Muslim. And uh, he said, you know, even recently, uh, there was a surgeon, a Sufi surgeon, uh, working, doing operations on all sorts of people from other religions. And uh, he said... Uh, uh, the oppressive uh, Muslim group in that area really didn't like that, so they got him up in front of his wife and shot him dead in the head. That was recently. He, he was performing operations on their, on their people. And his comment was, that is evil. And I'd have to agree. And uh, looking back in history, many, many people acknowledge this, this seems to be a reality of evil. With the, with the Holocaust, many commentators have said, one man in particular said, I can't believe the Nazis' persecution of the Jews was just the work of man alone. Couldn't have been. And uh, even in the news recently uh, with IS, you know, what's going on, uh, what they're doing can only be described as evil, as far as I can see. It's just evil. So, this guy is, however, we don't know why, he's laboring under demonic evil forces that are within his life, within his personality. And uh, we know that the Bible teaches that uh, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And to be honest, you see that in this man's life, don't you? You see the, the devastating effects of 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 these forces in his life. They've deprived him of his humanity. 
So he says, there's many of them. My name is Legion. But what's extraordinary is what on earth is going to happen when Jesus meets someone like this? What's going to happen when Jesus comes across and has an encounter with a person like this? Well, what you see is an incredible power encounter in which Jesus frees this person and has complete victory over his life and over the demonic forces that are over his life. That's what happens, what we've just heard. You've got to be honest, his healing is pretty messy, isn't it? It's, it's messy, it's slightly strange, verses 11 to uh, 13, it's slightly unconventional. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank in the lake and were drowned. Let's be honest, this is not uh, the RSPCA's way of healing, is it? Let's be, let's be honest. And uh, actually, joking apart, this uh, actually has caused theologians and church uh, people a great deal of, of trouble and concern over the generations. So... I'm suggesting that this healing is powerful, this healing is messy, and uh, it's also thoroughly effective, verse 14 to 15. Those tending the pigs ran off, reported this in the town and countryside. People went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legions of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind. So that's extraordinary change, isn't he? Dressed and in his right mind. And you see how Jesus reverses this binding, dehumanizing force in this man's life and brings complete restoration. So, what do we take from this? I want to suggest this morning that just personally, we remember that the God we worship, this Jesus, is very, very powerful, incredibly powerful. And it's easy to forget that. Have you ever forgotten that? Very, very easy to forget that. So I would encourage you in the brokenness of your own life to open your life to his power and ask him to heal you. And uh, we've got all sorts of stuff going on. We're like houses, haven't we, as we journey with God. And we often shut off the, the difficult rooms or block off doors for God to encounter us. And actually... We need to open these doors to his presence, to his healing power. And in my own experience, being healed by Jesus is actually quite messy and uh, quite difficult. There might be tears, there'll be uncomfortable feelings, there might be uncomfortable conversations. Uh, but actually, uh, we mustn't let the messiness of being transformed by God to stop us from pursuing his healing and restoration. So I encourage you to be open, to be real, and actually press in to the healing that God wants to bring into your life. And as a church, we need to be a place where we regularly pray for people to be healed, don't we? We need to be a church where we, we can not just be honest about what's going on, but ask people to pray for us and to uh, help us. Uh, in our life groups, we need to be regularly praying for healing. I know many of them do. We need to be regularly seeking to pray for people in difficult situations. I have to say, back in that Ukrainian forest, we finally got to these guys, as I've described, and we did pray with them. 
And uh, it, was, it was, to be honest, it was a slightly uncomfortable experience, but we did pray for them. They appreciated it. When we left, none of them were dressed and in their right mind, to be honest. And sometimes it's like that, isn't it? That actually you ask God to heal you for things and uh, he doesn't seem to answer prayers or it seems to take long. This, this man in the tombs, it's boom, like that. But actually, we know that God's healing uh, is a process and it can take time. And because of that, many of us actually give up trying to come to him for healing. It's like, oh, I've done that before, I've tried. Uh, but I would challenge that this morning, that actually we need to um, press in to the healing that God wants us uh, to experience in his name. Fourthly and finally, for all his power to heal, this is really interesting we learn in this story, most people actually can't handle Jesus and try to get rid of him. Verses 15 to 17. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who'd been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were really thankful to Jesus. They said, wow, you are amazing. You are incredible. Uh, could you come back for dinner? Could you stay? Could you pray for my other friend? We'd love you to pray. Um, gosh, you're extraordinary. No, they're actually afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what happened to the demon-possessed man, told them about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. God, can you just please, please get out of here? Please, just go. And uh, what Jesus does, he does all sorts of stuff, doesn't he? But he brings change. And often people don't like change, do they? Even good change. And uh, it's extraordinary, isn't it? So I want to ask you and I want to ask us as a church, are we open to actually welcome the presence of Christ and all he wants to do in our lives at this time? Often, my own experience, my own testimony is, oh God, not that. No thanks. Please go away. I just want to uh, just sing a few songs, read the Bible, thanks. Not that. Uh, I was walking home last week and... Um, it was, it, was, it was a late night, and uh, a car just drove up to me with a headlight out, one headlight out. You, you know what that's like. And I thought, oh, that's, I, thought oh, I was going to wave at them, but then they'd gone. I thought, a bit stupid. Then I turned around a corner. Another car came out of me with one of the headlights out, just one of them. And then I turned into uh, the road my house is on, and there was another car with just one headlight. And I learned in these situations, I said, that's a bit weird, Lord. Are you trying to say something to me? He said, yeah. In that area of your life, Mike, you've just got one headlight shining. You're not working right. You're a bit broken, and I just want to fix that bit. And I'm like, oh, no thanks. Could you just go away? Have you ever had that experience? So I'm encouraging myself, I'm encouraging us personally to press into the healing of God, as a church to press into what God wants to do, and let Jesus be Jesus in his power, in his mess, in his effectiveness. And whatever you make of this, Jesus so desires to bring healing, not just back then, but right up to this very day. And the ultimate twist, of course, of this story is that Jesus ends up like the man by the tombs. 
Don't really ever spotted that. He's the one who ends up bound and naked and broken. That's his commitment to healing on the cross. That's how far he goes for that man, for us, to bring healing into our life. It's quite extraordinary, isn't it? Muttering incomprehensible things, just like the man by the tombs on the cross. So, that was possibly a bit intense. But know that Jesus loves you. He wants to heal you. And I urge you to press into this stuff. Because all that rattling in that box, he's wanting to bring healing to it. It might be a process. It probably will. That's been my experience. It's often not just like that. It's a process. And even if you're thinking, I've tried this so many times, know that, looking ahead, he is going to bring complete restoration to your life. As the book of Revelation reminds us, there will be a place, we will be in a place where there'll be no tears, no heartache, no brokenness as God fully, fully transforms us. So let's stand together. So let's just let the Spirit of God fill us this morning. This is, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Jesus. It's, it's the way Jesus is present with us today, through His Spirit. So let's just stand, and maybe you want to have a few moments just to reflect on your own life and what you need in terms of healing. And we'll do this for a few minutes, we'll just pause. Holy Spirit, we're welcoming your presence here. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your love for each one of us. We praise you for the extraordinary lengths you've gone, for all those no-entry signs you've been through, just so that we can experience relationship with you and in that relationship find healing. More and more, Lord, just speak to us all this morning, Lord. Would you challenge those no-entry signs we put up in our own lives towards you? Would you challenge any defeatist sort of, oh, I've done this before, nothing's happened, Lord. Would you encourage us today? Praise you, Father. More and more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bring your healing, Lord. And what I want to do this morning is give you anyone the opportunity who wants prayer for healing to come forward and be prayed for. We've got a great ministry team. And um, it could be anything. It could be, you know, you've got a sore finger. It could be something really far more serious than that. It could be physical. It could be emotional. It could be whatever. 
But I urge you, if you'd like prayer this morning, to come forward now. This is a safe place where we can actually encounter Jesus and encourage one another by praying for one another. So if you'd like to come forward, do come forward now. If some members of the ministry team would come forward, that'd be wonderful too. Praise you, Father, more and more. Thank you, Lord, more and more. We're going to sing a song. I know there's lots of people here, by the way. Don't be shy. Let's be bold. We're actually um, taking risks, aren't we? So I know there's lots of people here. I think there's a man here, and it's almost like you feel you've got a target on your chest. And it's like people have been firing at you for... Um, it's like, why? It's like I'm in the firing line all the time. I'd love to pray with you. Um, we're going to sing a song. Do come up during the song if you'd like some prayer. And just stay uh, engaged with God, open to the Spirit.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a God who welcomes us. Thank you, Jesus, that you want to heal us. Thank you that we are in a safe place, that we can come to you in our brokenness and you can do extraordinary things. And so, Father, we want to pray that that attitude of coming to you, of interceding for each other, of remembering that you love to heal every broken aspect of our lives, would give us the confidence this week to bring everything to you. Not to pretend that we're sorted, but to live a life of openness and faith in your healing power. So Lord, would you go with us this week and may we know the blessing of Father, Son and Holy Spirit on us and all those we love. Amen. Please do take your seats. I just want to uh, give you um, a little bit of guidance if you're a parent uh, collecting a child. What we're trying to do um, with our new system is avoid the coffee lounge. Coffee lounge being a, a sort of corridor. So if uh, your child is on the middle floor, which is basically climbers and toddlers and baby crash. Please do use the stairs at the, f- at the front of the church where the main entrance is. If you're going to the other floors, which will be the, the lower meeting room or the uh, upper meeting room or the upper lounge, please use uh, the stairs either about here or at the back. And that way we'll avoid people going through the coffee lounge who are not collecting children. Hope that makes sense. Um, thanks for coming today. We look forward to seeing you next week.